Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. And you're welcome back to The Last Word. It's Ian Guider in for Matt today. Now, Sport Ireland has announced €25 million of funding for Irish sporting bodies across the country. Let's find out what they have to do in return for it. We're joined by Jack Chambers, Minister of State for the Gwaeltuck Affairs and for Sport and Government Chief with as well. Mr Chambers, you're very welcome to The Last Word. Thanks very much, Ian. €25 million of funding for sporting bodies around the country. What are the terms and conditions attached to it? So we're we're announcing £25 as I mentioned, for over 60 governing bodies, and that's three to give core funding around coach development, promoting participation in sport and all the core activities that we all know that sports sporting organisations do. But with that increased funding that we're setting out today, we have four key objectives which we want to see progress this year and a real focus for it again into next year. So that's Governance as a bottom line, we have to see delivery and governance across the sporting system. We want to ensure that sport for all concept is at the core of what sporting organisations do. We also want to ensure that there's proper female representation at a board level. And we've seen progress in this in recent years, but there's still work to do. And we want to hit 40% female representation by the end of 2023. And we want to see broad um, participation in, in, a, in the winter initiative which we're launching for the second time this year which will be a specific initiative to really drive grassroots participation in sport when we know that those you know people are more sedentary during the winter time to give new opportunities for sport and grow sporting membership. So they're the four key objectives that we're trying to promote this year and really reinforce for next year in terms of reciprocity and return uh, for this increased funding that we're seeing in sport across the system. €25 million Euro is a lot of money, but when you spend it spar- far and wide across not an awful lot of organisations, not everybody gets the amount of money that can help them to do the things they want to do. Have you tried to spread it all too thinly? Well, like this is one aspect. This is core funding, and I suppose what we're saying is part of the core funding uh, for sport uh, we want to we want to ensure that that as part of their core activities they deliver these four key objectives. But in, in addition to that, we have other funding streams which sporting organisations benefit from. For example, we have the 150 million euro sports capital and equipment program, which vast majority of organisations that we're announcing funding today would have benefited from. We also have the dormant accounts fund of 12 million. So we've got the women in sport fund. We've got the high performance funding, which is a new multi annual funding scheme for high-performance athletes the likes of Kelly Harrington and many of the others that your listeners would know. So this is one of the one of our funding streams, but we're, we're trying to, as part of this and as part of what, what sporting organisations do in terms of their core objectives, we want to see delivery across those four areas. I don't think governance is negotiable. I think there has to be best-in-class governance as a bottom line, particularly when we have increased funding for sport. Uh, and there is uh, increased funding for the vast majority of sporting organisations that uh, exist in Ireland uh, in our announcement today. A lot of focus on increasing women in sport in the last couple of weeks in particular people would have seen the Euro Championships in England getting up to 40% board level on Irish sporting government boards. How difficult is that going to be given the historic level of underrepresentation? Well there's been some progress in the last two or three years so we were at 19 um at uh, 19 in 2019 up to 39 in uh, this year in terms of 30% female representation. 19 are presently at 40% representation. So there's been some progress and some are 
have been quicker than others at embracing that. But we want to ensure that at the boardroom level and at the leadership level and where decisions are made, that that momentum in grassroots sport and in high-performance sport, that there's huge levels of interest, spectators, huge, huge amount of inspirational athletes now that are uh, inspiring the next generation of young people and of girls in particular to play and keep active and keep involved in sport. It's important that decisions are made to, to support that. And that's why I think at a leadership level, there has to be 40% uh, representation on boards. And it's something that's a key objective for us as part of today's announcement. Will you really pull funding, hard-earned money from sporting organisations if they don't meet that target? So if if there's no progress made, um, there'll be the, the first action will be there'll be a, an action plan agreed with Sport Ireland around compliance. If there's no progress beyond that, then there will be financial consequences. Um, so we're being clear about that today. I think we have a duty to, you know, in terms of ensuring that we get policy objectives followed through when we increase funding for sport. And I think it's in the sporting body's interest themselves to ensure that they make progress in this area. And I think, and also to give a long runway into this. So this is for the end of 2023. This isn't a, something we're expecting to happen in three months' time because we respect that there are elections and structures within sporting organisations that they have to uh, that they have to progress themselves. But I think it's good to give a good lead in and to set the target and also to outline that if, without follow through on that, um, there there will be inevitable consequences for organisations that don't meet you, the target. And uh, and I think many have just followed through on it and have and have stepped up, and we expect others to follow. You mentioned governance, and in the last number of years, we have had some cases in Ireland, some very high-profile cases, where governance levels have fallen far short is what expected. Will there be increased checks? Will there be an increased crackdown on sporting organisations to ensure that they follow best corporate governance practices? So at the moment, that over 80% um, meet the code of governance uh, criteria, and there is ongoing monitoring from Sport Ireland. Uh, they monitor all sporting organisations around governance and um, and there, there's a number of organisations that are publicised that people would be aware of where there's kind of progress being progress reports and reviews being conducted. Um, but that's why it's a key plank of what we want to achieve here. I, I think, you know, that we cannot give a blank cheque for organisations to spend money uh, without achieving very, you know, basic pillars of governance and, uh, as I said, female representation on boards. And I think uh, as we increase funding for sport, we need to see governance as a bottom line and uh, we want to ensure that our sporting system is best in class because that will achieve better results and better better follow-through for our grassroots and for our high-performance system when the when governance is, is effective and, uh, and following best practice. And we want to ensure, and in fairness, the vast majority are doing that and will continue to do that, but it's to ensure that any that are falling behind that they'll know there's a consequence to that. You cut the funding from the Irish Amateur Boxing Association earlier on this year. Should that serve as a warning to organisations that don't fall into line? Absolutely, and uh, we've been very clear with any organisation that um, has you know, the equivalent of you know, conflict or that level of governance dysfunction which has been outlined publicly um, that that they need to come, you know, governance is a basic standard and a bottom line for me when it comes to funding for sport. Um, and obviously, IABA have a 15% cut presently. I hope they'll come up with 
governance proposals in the coming weeks to see their funding restored and we should be discussing the you know we've many of our we've a team over in Turkey presently um that I think will many of whom probably will be successful in the coming week or so and, and that should be the focus for boxing it's their participation and the huge opportunities it gives to many young people across our communities and that's why governance needs to be correct and the structures in organizations need to be um, put into line to ensure that we focus on sport and and, and what, it, what it truly brings to communities so I mean we, we expect governance as a basic standard and uh, and any organizations that fall out of that will have consequences for them we were speaking earlier in the show about the looming accommodation crisis for students starting third level or returning to third level. Obviously, one of the big issues as well is housing the refugees from Ukraine. And I know the government have written to the big sporting organisations to see if they can accommodate some people fleeing Ukraine. Have you got any sense now that the either the IRFU, the FAI or the JA can hand over some land to you? So there's ongoing engagement between the Department of Children who are the, the, the lead department on this and Sport Ireland are involved as well with all of the different sporting organisations. As you know, the Aviva was used uh, for some short-term accommodation when there was available capacity. Uh, and there's, an, there's ongoing engagement between uh, sporting organisations and um, and the Department of Children. Obviously, there, there would be, depending on the sporting cycle and the level of bookings, that will have an impact on possible availability. But I just want to say in, in, in the round, I think sport has played a really positive role on uh, giving opportunities and providing a really welcoming response for many of the people who've uh, fled from Ukraine and uh, and have really embraced that sense of inclusion for, for people who've, who've come here. Um, but look, there's, there's ongoing engagement on this and I think sporting organisations will offer up uh, availability where possible, but it'll depend on the obviously the, the particular point in the year and what's available within their uh, within within their uh, their their land or their or, or their capacity. I know it's summer and everybody wants to leave politics at home, but just to move to another matter, the Sunday Independent Ireland Finks poll: Finnafall up two percent to seventeen percent in that latest poll. Is that an indication that the country is happy at seventeen percent with Taoiseach Michal Martin? Well, in that particular poll, we had uh, high satisfaction for the Taoiseach, Michael Martin, who's doing an excellent job as our leader. Just 17%? And, and as well, look, there's, there's, there's obviously face to face polls. We're actually higher as a party than some of the online polling. But I think it's important. I think the public who are listening don't expect Fianna Fáil and government to govern by opinion poll. They expect us to follow through on our commitments in the programme for government, which is uh, we've tried to protect society during the very difficult period of COVID. We've been uh, very focused on ensuring we have a strong economic recovery. We've record levels of employment now uh, and real strong economic growth, which we want to ensure that we develop now a cost of living budget to provide that support for families and businesses as they go through this difficult period and also deliver serious progress around social and affordable housing and reform of our health system. That's why Fianna Fáil is in government and why we're focused on uh, the programme for government. And that'll be the measure uh, of Fianna Fáil uh, when, when, this, when our term in office concludes in, uh, in, in over two and a half years. And uh, I think you know, any party that governs by, uh, where, by the fluctuation of opinion polls will make very short-term decisions uh, and not do the right thing for the country. But I think if you look at the, the key metrics around the economic recovery and how we manage COVID and our key policy focus now around, you know, is a delivery in housing, following through on our on, on actions around climate change and uh, and making progress in health. I think um, by any measure, 
uh, we are uh, following through on our commitments in the programme for government and, uh, and and I think that will be reflected whenever any election happens in two and a half years' time. Finally, Minister, a lot of your colleagues in the Cabinet were speaking to the Irish Mail on Sunday, Minister for Education, Norma Foley, Agriculture Minister Charlie McConnellog, Niall Collins, Junior Minister for Education. They were throwing their support behind Taoiseach Micheál Martin to continue as Fianna Fáil leader for the next couple of years after the handover to the Overadgar. Are you quite happy for him to continue for the next couple of years? No concerns at all? The teacher, Will Martin, has my uh, full and absolute support. He's someone who's brought incredible determination and dedication to the role as Taoiseach. I think has rep- represented us with, uh, with dignity abroad as well. In our and he should continue response. after December in, in the role as leader of Fianna Fáil? Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, he's, uh, he's been a, you know, an, an extremely effective leader uh, for Fianna Fáil and has been an excellent Taoiseach and he'll be continuing uh, as tarnished uh, when the transition happens uh, in December. Jack Chambers, Minister of State for the Gwaeltoch Affairs and Sport and Government Chief Whip. Thank you very much for joining us on The Last Word today. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Today FM. It all happens here.